Hey, it's Mike Grimm, host of the Go Gopher podcast, inviting you to join me for a live on-site episode on Thursday, October 5th at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We'll be previewing the Minnesota-Michigan game, which is that week, the battle for the Little Brown Jug. We'll give away a pair of tickets to that game, have a couple of Gopher players on hand, and get everyone in the mood for Golden Gopher football. Head Flyer Brewing will have discounts, including great deals on buying Little Brown Jugs of craft beer and the little brown jugs are not that little. Thursday, October 5th, Head Flyer Brewing. Happy hour starts at 6, the show goes at 7, the Go Gopher podcast. Can't wait to see you at Head Flyer Brewing. Man, we have a lot to talk about. We have failure to talk about. We have the future to talk about. We have desperation to talk about here on the Viking Update Show, presented by Minnesota State Lottery Viking Scratch Game Edition. Check out more on that at mnlottery.com. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, Starbank, and Caldera Lab. We'll tell you more, more about them later. And by the way, we do have a live Chin Music Baseball show, myself and Lavelle Emil III. 5.30, Wednesday night, the 27th, at Glicks, on your way to the ballpark. If you're going to see one of the last Twins games of the year, stop by between 5.30 and 6.30. Enjoy yourself before you go into the ballpark. There will be grain belt beer specials. We will also give away a uh, a, a bobblehead, and it's just a, it's a, it's like my favorite place downtown. Come on by and say hello and ask some questions if you like. Uh, this show is John Krasinski and myself on the Vikings, and John uh, – I guess the proper way to start is to, to ask just how bad is their situation at the moment? Well, you know, I, I, I don't want to be too alarmist, but I mean, we did have a conversation last week going into this game saying that if they lost this one, uh, it was going to be real trouble. And even as much as I think we might want to look at the circumstances with each loss, kind of the way that they have come about and and really how close they have been in most of these three games to winning or uh to winning them and and, and turning it around they're still owing three with two home losses to two teams that are were not expected to be great this year and that's a bad place to be right now and so i think that um the biggest challenge that they have now going forward is you're going to start to hear a lot more of the, should they trade Kirk? You know, you know, kind of these ancillary um, outside distractions that are going to probably infiltrate the conversations and the coverage of this team now that they are 0 three. And so I, you know, managing that is going to be quite a challenge on top of trying to figure out how they stop turning the ball over, how they start making better decisions and try and climb back into this thing because this is a disastrous start to the season. I don't think it's over. I don't think that you you just quit and give up on everything, but it couldn't really have gotten off much worse than it has just with the way that they played. That's all true. I would also say that before the season started, I picked this team to win 11 games. I'm probably over optimistic, but that happens. Uh, and I thought they would start the year one and two. 
I thought the Chargers passing game would light them up. So I didn't really look at that game as a win. I did think they'd beat Tampa. I thought they beat Tampa. I thought they'd survive the early portion of the schedule and then make hay in the middle portion of the schedule. And then if it's going to be a good team, they're going to have to win those divisional matchups at the end of the season. So uh, I look at, at, I still think they have a shot at eight or nine wins. I could see them getting hot in the middle of the season. Um, just just as they've been upset a couple times, I could see them upsetting one of the better teams on their schedule, which would get them to nine or ten wins if they win the games they should. So I'm not, I'm just not as panicked as most people. Uh, they have just removed their margin for error. And as you said, and let's get to the big topic here. And by the way, this is Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. It, it does cause rumors to swirl. And, and I, I'm really interested whether these kind of rumors will actually bother people in that organization and in that locker room. Because, you know, the easy rumor, if you're sitting in New York and you're a Jets fan or you care about more about New York teams than Minnesota teams is, oh, of course, the, the Midwestern team should act as farm system and give Kirk Cousins to the Jets and salvage the Jets season. And who cares about the Vikings? Um, that's the flyover land version of reality. I just think there are so many disastrous consequences for trading Kirk Cousins that I can't imagine them doing it unless they're really ma- almost mathematically out of contention. I mean, do you really want to tick off Justin Jefferson? Do you really want to just tank? Do you want this fan base to know that you're not trying to win? Do you want your competitive rebuild to turn into just a rebuild? Do you have any alternative for next year other than Kirk Cousins who can actually give you a chance to win a game, win games and get to the playoffs? Um, do you want to waste a year in the prime of Justin Jefferson and your other good players? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jim. I, I don't think that they're really going to strongly consider it at least for either two reasons, either two scenarios play it. One is that they do just the bottom falls out and they, they don't stabilize themselves and they keep losing for five or six more weeks and they're just buried in the schedule and you know you're not bringing Kirk back do you try and get something for him while uh before he leaves uh in free agency that's that's a possibility one that i doubt will happen the other possibility is that the jets or another quarterback needy team just blow you away with an offer like uh and 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 really kind of give you something that is almost too good to pass up. And I don't anticipate that happening either because Kirk cousins is um, on the last year of his deal. So you're, he's not going to command a huge return, um, you know, given the, his contract status. So the only thing that makes me wonder if this is a possibility at all is we have seen that, Quasi Adolfo Mensa like operates a little differently. Um, he is aggressive in making moves to address the, to to address things, and I could see him being the kind of general manager that looks at the situation and says, "Guys, we're not going anywhere. Um, we got to figure some things out and and just and 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 retool and and be a little bit more aggressive in the dumping." of assets as well and and kind of trying to uh you know trying to amass a new treasure trove of draft picks and 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 young players and things and get get moving the other direction but 
I do think that that just opens too much of a can of worms. Like you were saying, Jim, like you don't want to be, you know, in a contract negotiation with Justin Jefferson and have a team that's winning four or five games um, and, and really kind of at the bottom of the league. And so I think that I would be very surprised if Kirk Cousins is traded, but it is going to be the conversation that comes with losing like this. Oh, no doubt about it. And I'll also say that as I'm spent, as I'm preaching patience this week, I mean, if they went to Carolina and lost, I'd say, okay, you're just a bad team. You're not going to win enough games, do whatever you need to do. Now they still have to, they still have to navigate the Jefferson piece. Maybe they could go to him and say, Hey, what's best for your long-term future here? You know, do you want to work with the young I mean, it's going to be delicate, but yeah. at least it would be more logical if they, and I, I could see them being, it's interesting too, because the trade deadline is October 31st. The Vikings last game before the trade deadline is at green Bay on October 29th. Mm. Uh, if they, so even minimal, even if they just beat the Panthers who are terrible, the bears who are terrible and they win at green Bay, then they're three and five with like five easy games coming up and the record wouldn't look good, but they really wouldn't be out of anything. Now, if they go, if they are after that October 29th game, if they get beat by the Packers or they're two and six or one and seven, well then, yeah, then, then, yeah. then if you can navigate a trade of Kirk Cousins that doesn't tick off Justin Jefferson, then that, that would be the right thing to do at that point. Well, and, and the other context that, we need to look at here is, you know, I, I think that there are already people that are saying, well, yeah, just trade cousins. Let's tank. Let's get a, a great quarterback um, at the top of the draft next year. Just punt on this season. But you also have Chicago. You also have Denver. You have teams that are God awful and whatever as disappointing as, the Vikings start to this season has been, they have not been God awful. Um, no. I'm really concerned about their defense and we can talk about that later. I'm concerned about several things that I have seen, but they've been in these games. They've been competitive. They have shot themselves in the foot. Sometimes they have not executed. Um, they've made mistakes. Th those are things um, that I think can turn around for them this season. And they they can start, piling up some more wins the bears and the broncos are abject disasters so you're the chance of getting like the number one or number two pick is pretty minimal for the vikings unless you just completely give up on a season and nfl teams don't do that that's just not that's not what happens um, now there's a bunch of quarterbacks that are coming out probably in this draft so it doesn't mean that you have to be at the number one or two spot to get a franchise quarterback for the future, but it certainly is the best way to go about it if you can do it. And if that opportunity is available to that, to you, and I just don't see the Vikings being bad enough to do that. I agree with you. And here's the other layer to this discussion. Teams have tanked for quarterbacks and gotten almost nothing out of it. Uh, now yeah. the Colts, now Andrew Luck was a, an excellent player but he didn't lead them anywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. They tanked for Andrew Luck, and I think he won 
one or two playoff games in his entire career. Uh, the, the Washington tanked for RG3, and he got hurt at the end of his first season. He was never a player after that. He, he never won a playoff game. Um, you know, the Vikings drafted Christian Ponder high. That did not work. I mean, we, we could do this for hours, going through all the quarterbacks that you think you want to move up to get. Trey Lance, uh, you know, they traded yep. up. I mean, they, it, there's just no guarantee, unless it's like, you know, Peyton Manning, Troy, I mean, there are a few number one picks that you just knew were going to be, at least be good franchise quarterbacks for a long time. Uh, it just, you can't, you don't know. Caleb Williams is the guy right now, but we don't know that he won't be, you know, Justin Fields. I, mean, I was, and by the way, I will give you credit before in our season preview, we were talking about what player could make the biggest difference, you know, to what, what's, I guess the most pivotal player in this division. And I picked Justin Fields and you picked Jordan Love and uh, Justin Fields is not good enough. At least he's not no. good enough. Is that good enough under these circumstances? I don't know if he's good enough under better circumstances. Jordan Love, we don't know what the upside, we don't know what the high end is yet. We don't know where his career is going, but he's an NFL quarterback. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's that part has has shook out um, so far. So good. It just looks like Love knows how to play the position and probably has better weapons around him. And Fields is lost. And yep. um, and I just thought that the preseason MVP suggestions and things for him were just like I, I could not see any basis in reality for some of those some of that hype um but i i do think though jim that you're you're totally right about it's a crapshoot uh especially with quarterbacks and evaluating them i mean achilles smith like just mm -hmm. pick a, a Cade mcdown pick any number of of quarterbacks in the top 10 that went that that turned out to be busts but i do think that it feels like the franchise needs or would really benefit from having that opportunity um they just have not done even ponder was what 11th or 12th yep 11th. um you know um and and so have being in the top five and tr having really your your kind of pick of probably one to three of the best available quarterback prospects and get them in your your house and develop them and hopefully you, you build a, a good system around him um and let him develop like that's something that we just not have had we have not seen the the vikings have the opportunity to do ever like forever and ever um you know, even dante was 11th right like yep. uh, he was yeah so like um so i i think that it obviously, but if this continues the way that we're seeing it, um, I, I, I think most people would like to see the Vikings be able to grab someone and go with it. And that this is our guy for the next four or five years. And let's see what happens and see if we can develop him into a franchise player. And maybe, you know, the days of the bridge quarterback and things like that might, might be over. But, um, but I, I think that, all the failure of those quarterbacks of the past can't prevent you from like going d diving into that deep end and trying to find your own. So, no, that's true. But you would be acknowledging this is no longer competitive rebuild; it's true. a full rebuild. Yep, and that's, absolutely. It, it changes I'm everything. Really, I'm really intrigued as to whether the Wolves be okay with that. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some more uh, specific issues with the Vikings. Once again, we're uh, this show, the Viking Update Show, is presented by Minnesota State Lottery Vikings Scratch Game Edition. Find out more about. That game at mnlottery.com. The new Minnesota Lottery Vikings Scratch Game is the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. The official top prize is $100,000. 
season tickets, an away game trip for four, and more are officially the second chance prizes. Learn more on our website, which you can't see because this is officially a radio ad. It's mnlottery.com. Remember, you must be officially 18 or older to play the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. And again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Fall is here, and that means crisp, cool air. And turning on your furnace only to find out it's old, tired, and worn out. Scott for Aquarius Home Services with some good news. Now through October 14th, Aquarius is having a huge fall blowout sale. With 25% off whole home heating and cooling systems. Yep, 25% off a new furnace and AC system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com to schedule your free in-home consultation and enjoy a cozy, comfy home for years to come. TSR Injury Law sponsors this show. They also sponsor the John Krasinski Show, which I highly recommend. All you need to know, 612-TSR-TIME. If you were injured, 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. They will help you. If they can't help you, they'll send you in the right direction. And they will only charge you if they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such great Minnesota success story. So check them out. 612 TSR time. We hope you don't need them, but if you do, you're going to need good representation and we highly recommend them. I also want to let you know that uh, we all know first impressions matter. If you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices and either instantly thinks you're way older than you are, or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Use the promo code Viking. You'll get 20% off all their products. It's the best deal they're offering anywhere. They're offering it here at talknorth.com. As I say, you're going to brush your teeth today. Do what I do. Keep your Caldera Lab products right next to the toothbrush. You brush your teeth. It'll take you about that amount of time to use the Caldera Lab products. Clean your skin. Uh, moisturize your skin. Prevent breakouts. It's been it's been magic for me. It just calms down all that re- Irish redness in my face. Um, you know, I have a bunch of food allergies. Sometimes I break out. I hate being a 60 year old man who breaks out. Caldera Lab has helped a lot in that regards. The best product I've ever used. Uh, so go to calderalab.com. You use the promo code Viking and check out all the products. I uh, highly recommend them. One more note, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps, convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. So let's get to specifics here because this is a fascinating week in that they are 0-3, they're in trouble, and they have three players theoretically available to them they have not had before. I think Davenport is supposed to play this week. We're talking on, on Tuesday morning, so it's nothing official yet. They desperately need an, a pass rusher who can get home without them having to send six, seven people. Uh, they're getting riser in. Uh, they, this guard play has been a major problem for this team. He could be an immediate upgrade. And then Cam Akers, you know, he's one of three. He, he'll add to their depth. Who knows how this is going to shake out? Madison had zero official fumbles on Sunday, and yet he had three balls, like, come out. One was a drop. A couple were uh, fumbles after the whistle. It's a problem. He's not a talented enough back for them to tolerate more fumbling and fumbling is really the reason they are where they are right now. It, it absolutely is. And, and I think that um, we're starting to see something that you and I did talk about going into this season. Um, I was kind of in the camp of 
hey, maybe we're taking Dalvin Cook for granted just a little bit. I know that he loses some yards um, on some plays. I know that he's not quite, quote-unquote, efficient in the run game like Alexander Madison, but you compare those two guys and, like, there's no comparison in terms of who are you afraid of when the ball is in their hands. And um, so far what we've seen from Madison is – you know, he's had some decent runs. He's had some decent production, but he is not a guy that is a threat to be a big play anytime the ball gets into his hands, pass, run, whatever it is. Um, and I and so I think that in this era where running backs are so devalued and may and rightfully so in a lot of cases, and maybe even in the Vikings case where you know, they're so heavy on the passing game with Justin Jefferson and, and Cousins and Hawkinson and everyone else um, that it still helps to have a guy who can break a big run for you. And Madison has not been able to do that. And part of that is Madison. Part of that is the blocking up front. And that's why they went and got Cam Akers. Now, they didn't. I don't think they got Cam Akers to supplant Madison as the starter. But if he's going to keep fumbling the way that he has been, and in addition to those fumbles, not be capable of making the big plays, the door is open for Cam Akers to come in and see what he can do. I thought Ty Chandler looked okay um, yeah. on, a, on, a, on on several runs on Sunday. And, and so um, they need some level or some element of explosiveness in the running game, and uh, they just have not had that yet. And so... We'll see if uh, if Akers can do it. We'll see if Reisner can help make that happen. But something needs to change there to get that a little bit more productive because um, it's too one dimensional right now. Yep, and I will say this: um, Cook, you know, the, there's an open door for Cook because of injuries in New York. Uh, last year was his career low yards per carry, average four point four. Right now, through three games, uh, twenty five carries, he's rushing for two point three yeah. yards. Uh, his uh, career low and his uh, yards per reception is a career low. Uh, he looks old to me. So I, there, I one, think two things on that, Jim, real quick. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think that there was certainly you had a lot of um, uh, concern about him being in decline physically, and so the Vikings may have fully been right about that. But when you do evaluate him, there's two things. One is he was didn't have a real training camp. Um, and so if you, if you think if the Vikings would have retained him, he would have been there all through the summer and hit the ground running, uh, pardon the pun, right, right. Once he, when week one went number two, he's playing with Zach Wilson. Um, and, and I think that is a huge disadvantage for a running back Their Their offensive line is not very good, but when your quarterback is terrible, um, then the defenses can really key on him. But all of those two elements are important, but also he could, in addition to those things, be at the end of his rope. The tread could be off the tire, however you want to say it. Um, so that's a real possibility. Yeah, and uh, I think what hurt was that Madison hasn't been good and they spent a seventh-round draft pick. And I know it's just seventh-round draft pick. sounds like nothing. But that guy, McBride, was supposed to be a player. You know, He's yeah. supposed to be an option and not getting any value out of that pick also has hurt their depth. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm Madison was efficient on Sunday. 
mm-hmm. good yards per carry average. Uh, he got some passes, but the fact that he dropped a, a pass that could have really gone someplace and the ball still coming at the end of runs that, that makes me nervous. And Ty Chandler, you know, he, it's the old Mike Tice word. He runs with juice. He has 100%. That, he run, has that energy uh, where he, it's going to be hard to bring him down. And Madison runs hard, but we're not seeing explosiveness right now. Yep. That's, I mean, that's, that's just it. Um, I, when Chandler had the ball and was going through the line of scrimmage, he just had an extra jolt to him. And I think that they have had concerns with Chandler um, about maybe some, you know, blocking bits, blitz pickups and things like that. Um, some of the other grasping of the playbook uh, as he's tried to, to, to kind of get up and running, but from a physical standpoint, he looks superior just as a runner to Madison um, to at, at, at this point. And they would not have got went and got Cam Akers if they did not have concerns about Alexander Madison being yep. able to be a featured back. I mean, that's just that's the way that it is. And I know that it, it can be a depth play as well, but um, but they they recognize that they need something more. And whether that maybe maybe that lights a fire under Madison and he gets going and stuff, but um Akers is here for a reason and they you know, they didn't give up much to get him, but um, they know that they they need to change some things up there. And so maybe, you know, maybe a combination of Chandler and Akers will will kind of get that thing going and give them at least something, give the defense at least something to think about in the running game to take a little bit of pressure off of the passing game. The hot button issue, the easy thing to pick on off that Chargers loss was the clock mismanagement at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know that that cost them the game because you still threw a pass in the end zone that one of your best players probably should have caught or at least not popped up in the air for an interception. I think that's what cost. I think Hawkinson fumbled in the first quarter and Hawkinson uh, turning a possible touchdown pass into interceptions what cost them the game. But it doesn't look good when you're your offensive whiz head coach and your veteran, 35-year-old veteran franchise quarterback let 20 seconds of the last 35 seconds run off the clock doing nothing. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'll give you first shot at what should have happened there. Yeah. I, well, so, I mean, obviously it, it should have been a clock situation. What I don't know, um, is who's to blame there was O'Connell in the headset to Kirk, like, let's get a play, let's get a play. And so Kirk was trying to do that. And then in the chaos that ensued, um, it didn't work out or was Kirk sensing hey we i've got to play we're going to catch them off guard and we're going to go with it and o'connell wanted him to clock it now i know that uh o'connell said after the game that you know he needed to call for a clocks uh thing there and so he's falling on the sword and i have no reason to doubt him that it that it was the head coach saying okay let's get up to the line and let's go and let's snap it but i'm not sure uh either either way both with a a head coach with a great grasp of offense and how how the game works, and then a very very experienced quarterback, there should have been some recognition much earlier in the crumbling that we saw there. That hey hey we might have tried to do this, but it's not working out. Everyone just get up to the line, let's clock it and and do it and and take a deep breath and start over. And so I thought it was dis- whoever was to blame. It was just hugely disappointing that you know two of the most important 
figures in the organization right now. And uh, Justin Jefferson obviously belongs in that. But other than other than him, it's it's O'Connell and Cousins that they sort of just were very ham handed and and did not handle that situation uh, in the heat of the moment the way they should have. And I think after talking to Cousins and O'Connell and other people about it, I just think it's simple. It's as soon as something goes wrong and time starts slipping away. I think that's when your franchise quarterback just has to say, we're clock just that I'm just taking charge. Yep. Line up, clock it, and then we'll reset and have three shots in the end zone. Uh, I just think it was that simple. And, you know, I think Kirk, you know, the way O'Connell described it is, hey, it would if the headset had been out, it would have been simple because Kirk would have just run the play that we had talked about. Um, the fact that it was crackling on and off, it was confusing both of them. And then the then of course fans are yelling spike it, which made it harder for them to hear which are both accurate and terrible excuses because still the quarterbacks should say, okay, this is not working out. I'm going to spike it and we'll have three plays to win the game. Yep. I, yeah. I just think, yeah, that that's the key Jim is that whatever the coach wants and whether he is saying spike it, spike it, spike it and Kirk can't hear or whether he's trying to call for a play and Kirk can't quite hear it. I think at the end of it, and I'm not one of those who blames Kirk for everything. Like I, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that people are recognizing today, I think, that the pass that he threw to Hawkinson was actually pretty freaking good. Um, yep. and, and, you know, just so it was bad luck with Hawkinson where he not only drops it, but it flicks up at, at just the right angle so they can intercept it. And just like it was bad luck with a Caleb Evans where, you know, he the ball that he was going to intercept hits off of his helmet and 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 um and lands in the you know in the receivers uh hands it you know like that these are vikings just bad luck things that are happening this season that 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 you know could have been the damage could have been much more minimal had they just had a weird different bounce but all of that to say is if kirk cousins is in the battle and he cannot hear um and even if he thinks that koc wants a um a play run if if it's just too hectic and he can't hear it and all that he's got to have sort of the presence of mind to just say you know what guys this is all messed up right now get up to the line let's clock it let's just re uh group and 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 settle things down get the fans calmed down and then call a play in the huddle and that ultimately didn't happen and it kind of contributes, you know, to the narrative of uh, unreliability in crunch time situations that Cousins did such a good job of of negating last year. And now it, it's it's right back here and we're seeing it, it happen again at home in, in a game that they really needed. All right, let's do our pick again at Glicks, 530 to 630 on Wednesday before the Twins home game, September 27th, come by. Uh, grain belt spe- beer specials. We'll give away a bobblehead. We'll take live questions. Come out and see Lavelle and myself. I'll uh, check out the John Krasinski show. Great show. We will be doing a season opening show, uh, tentatively scheduled for October 13th at seven o'clock at Headflyer. We packed the place last year. We look forward to seeing all the Wolves fans out for that. We'll also do a uh, baseball show on October. Oh boy, I don't want to mess that up. Uh, on October next Monday. Is what I'm trying to say. Next Monday, uh, the day before the Twins open the playoffs, we'll do a live show at Glicks to preview the playoffs with Roy Smalley and LaBelle Neal. Listen, we appreciate all of your support, your listener, your listening, 
Yeah, showing up for our live shows. We really do appreciate it. Uh, now let's go to the pick, John. What do you see this weekend? Oh, boy, man. We better see a win, Jim. Um, Carolina has been bad to start the season. They were competitive against New Orleans. They got handled against Atlanta and Seattle. Um, Bryce Young does not look ready to play. Uh, he looks very small to me, and I think that he – doesn't have a whole lot around him. I know Adam Thielen is there, but there's just not not a whole lot for him to work with. And so if they go down to Carolina and lose that game, um, now now any sort of pumping of the brakes that you know we may be trying to do after an 0-3 start and just trying to kind of settle things down and, and say that things are still salvageable, I think, I think at 0-4 with a loss to Carolina on your schedule – uh, that's looking pretty bleak. So I will say, I think the Vikings get it done, but you know, it'll probably be close again. I'll say 27, 24, because I just don't, I don't like the way the Vikings defense is playing right now. Um, and so I think they're going to give up some points on the road, but I think that the offense will get enough going to squeak one out and get a much needed win. I think they'll, uh, win big. I think they'll, I think the, the, I think they'll go a little nuts. I think they'll take out some frustration. I think they'll beat a bad team. Um, we didn't really talk about Thielen. Thielen had a look, did not look good in week one. He's actually played well in weeks two and three. And Andy Dalton has given the Vikings trouble before, but I just think this is the week the Vikings take out some frustration. I, mean, I think they're going to win like 29 to 18, something like that. If they don't, we will be back to uh, figure out where they're going to trade Kirk Cousins to. How many How many times have we said, Jim, that, oh, they got a backup quarterback in. This is not going to be fine. The Vikings have this. <laughs> I know. Rush. <laughs> I know. It, 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 it's, it's, I know. It, it's, do you follow logic or do you follow <laughs> built-in paranoia from being a Vikings observer for decades uh, today. You know, and I usually make the mistake. The paranoia is logic. logical. The paranoia is. is logical in this case. <laughs> yes. If everybody's out to get you, then you're not paranoid. <laughs> well, you are paranoid, but you're appropriately paranoid. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good luck, Viking fans. We hope you survive this.